Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by creators, consultants and practitioners who share what makes their business work. Whether you run your own business or you're just thinking of stepping out on your own for the first time, you're in the right place. If you're new to the show, then welcome along. Just take a second now to subscribe in your podcast player so you don't miss new episodes and you can dig into some older ones when you finish this one. If it's your first time joining us, then join our Facebook group. Just visit the shortcut URL amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be right there. So who are you and what do you do? It's a question which can trigger a mental tailspin and if you struggle to stand out then maybe you need to think about picking a niche. It's harder to be everyone's favourite and niching down can trigger a lot of doubt, anxiety and resistance. This week my guest is Amy Cager and Amy helps business owners work through the process of working out who they want to be and who they're for. So welcome along and let's meet Amy. So this week on the podcast, my guest is Amy Cager. Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. Do you want to start maybe just by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are and the kind of work you do? Yeah, so I'm based in London, but I work with people all all over. Um, so what I am a brand and marketing strategist um, and I uh, specialise in helping predominantly solopreneurs get really clear on their niche, um, which is all about what makes them stand out, um, what makes them different, why would somebody choose them over one of their competitors or, or something or someone else. Um, and it's getting clear on what that thing is and then how they can amplify that in their marketing how they can really get clear on what it is their customers want um, and using the right language and communication to really uh, really connect with their customers so that they as soon as they come across their business their customer will know this is exactly what i want this is what i need this is the right person for me and choose them over to somebody else now anybody listening to the show will know I love niching and for the Americans listening to the show, it's niching. Niching is niching. It's let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. With niching, the way I've seen it in the past, you can do it in one of a few ways. You can do it in terms of a, a technical discipline. You can do it in terms of a, a geography. So I just work with com- companies or businesses in this area, or you can do it in a vertical market. And I think also more and more you can niche in in terms of yourself. So I work with companies who get me, I guess would be another way of doing it. So what's your philosophy on niching? I'm confused now, niching. niching. <laughs> and I guess, how have you done it yourself? Yeah, so that that's absolutely right. I think a lot of people come to me initially or that they're really, really worried that they don't have a specific person that they work with. I think people's go-to thoughts on niching is they need to have a super you know pinpointed precise customer and it doesn't need to be that at all it's that can be an element you know if you know that you work with you know gym instructors who have a membership and their focus is on yeah getting healthy or something you have the real precise customer but it doesn't have to be that at all you can still have a really strong niche but still work with corporates and small businesses or all sorts of different types of business owners um so yeah you're, you're yeah the, the 
the areas that you can niche in are you know, customers, as I've said, or it can be what you do. So it might be actually how you, what you actually do is different. So you can um, niche down in the type of uh, job or role that you do. So for instance, if you do marketing, obviously marketing is, you could do all sorts of different things, but actually you might specialize in doing SEO. So that's your thing, that's what people will know you for, you become the expert in your field on in SEO. Um, or it could be um, that you do things a little bit different, so actually how you present your offering might be different to other people, so you just give a bit of a different spin on it, you might do it in a way you feel is better or hasn't been done before, um, so that will make you stand out and why someone might want to choose you. Or as, as you said, it could actually be just down to the kind of personality or the values of the business or if you're a, a personal brand of, of you and people will like that because you are a bit different, they feel they resonate with you, same way as you would if you met someone at a party or something, you would gravitate towards each other because you had similar interests or you felt they got you or whatever. So it could be all sorts of different things and it's, it's just thinking about what it is that makes you and your business different and amplifying that and making more of it. Well, we can dig into that a little bit in a minute, how you actually work through pe through that process with mm. people. But I'm curious, because you spend your time with people doing these things, what kind of impact that subsequently has on their ability to scale? Because I think there may be a correlation there. Definitely. So I think in terms of from their point of view, um, they feel obviously a lot clearer in what they're doing so they are then more confident so i think that automatically helps in just making decisions for their business they know it's the right one kind of you stop that procrastination that getting in your head putting things off thinking about things too much because you know what you're doing and you're for yourself you're on your own path you know exactly what it is you're doing but in terms of how it can grow your business it you know if you start to become known as the expert of that particular thing that you're doing then that can lead to obviously more clients because people will know that's what you do and that's what they want help with but it can also lead to people wanting you to be um, on podcasts or speaking gigs so therefore you're elevating your expert status as well because you become that go-to person in your field because you are known for what you're doing. One of the problems that I potentially see with this process is the more you hone in on a niche and claim it, the more potential there is for things like imposter syndrome and comparison to creep in. Is that something that you find clients struggle with? Um, maybe more towards the beginning when we're, we are getting clearer. So it might be that they've done a few sorts of things and they want to focus on one element now because that's what they're enjoying more where they feel they're getting giving their clients most value um just yeah where they see their business headed um and i think then sometimes it's harder for them to maybe let go of things they don't want to do anymore or kind of more of their old business model as it were um but i think once they've got clear on it and they start to realize this is what they want to do and they they're getting good feedback from it and things i think then um it isn't quite such of a scary jump um, but what I always say with niching is that you should always do it in stages it shouldn't be a kind of yeah you're at the very start to finish to a super super 
you know niched business where you've got your client niche your what you do niche your your kind of visual identity and everything really really niche you should do it in stages and I think if you then do it in stages it's not as scary because what you're basing each step as each stage on is what's working in your business so you're focusing more each time on what is working and doing more of that and getting kind of rid of the bits that not necessarily aren't working as well but that you can then focus more on the things that you're wanting to do going forward in that particular path and so it is more of an organic process it, it shouldn't necessarily be a big massive jump and a leap to something into the unknown because you should have the the stats as it were to back it up on actually yeah so if you were to start focusing on a particular client it might be that you start to notice that more and more of this type of person is who you're working with so you go actually I'm going to focus more on that person or I'm going to reach out to more of that type of person or if it's that you decide to um, focus on a certain element of your business the SEO example uh, for instance it might be that um, you know it's because you've started working more on SEO with a certain um, client um, yes yeah, so you work more SEO in a particular clients and your other aspects of your business you maybe haven't been doing quite so much recently so then you think actually yes SEO is what I love want to do and I'm going to focus on that as you go forward and I think alongside that when you are sort of deciding okay I'm going to go into this niche or I'm going to specialize in this area as solopreneurs and small business owners our own identity is quite well bonded to our business identity um, and that's probably a very another very good reason why you shouldn't make a massive change into a niche too quickly because we can't really we can't change our identities that quickly it won't be true or congruent to us and I guess that's where the imposter syndrome can creep in um, yeah I hadn't looked at it from that perspective before mm, yeah definitely I think that's the thing I think yeah I think when it's you and your business and everything is quite personal as well isn't it so mm. it's very much you even though you're obviously meant to separate your business from yourself it, you get very tangled up in it so I think as you said that kind of imposter syndrome of maybe you know I'm not an expert in that area yet or you know those sorts of things kind of creep in or yeah, especially if it's more your personality based that if you are a personal brand then you are the face of your business and you are much more yeah at the forefront of it rather than you kind of can't behind hide behind logos and faceless kind of um things of your business it's uh yeah it can it can happen that way but i think that's i think when i work with people that i'm also a little I'm that extra bit of help of reassurance of yes you can do it this is the right decision you know because I'm completely you know not emotionally involved at all I'm just looking at the facts of their business of you know this is clearly the area you should be going in your you, you know because of all this other great stuff that you're already doing it's it's not a as I say it's not making up something or picking something out of thin air of oh I think you should do this now and you're you know you're kind of thinking well I've never done that before how am I going to do that it's it is working with what you've got and and just honing it and and making it you know it's like each honing each time you hone it you're getting that a little bit better a little bit better and that's where the 
where you become known in that thing, but also where you become the expert in that thing as well, because it is what you know so well. And is there also a, a, a perspective where you would say that you really need to niche almost in direct proportion to your audience size? Because if you are sort of really honing in on, I work with um, left-handed hairdressers, for example, it's a very specific, tiny niche. If you live in a small village and you're not active online, you will have no customers. So does does the niching work better the larger your audience is? I think it's probably a virtuous circle with the bigger you build your audience and the more niche you become, the more you speak to that specific audience. I'm rambling a little bit, but you know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I, and I think that's why it's so important that you you niche like based on what's happened before. Um, and also, if it was that you were starting in a business and you brand new and you thought, yes, left-handed hairdressers in my local area, that's what I want to do. It's actually looking at, as you would kind of, I guess, with any business model you see if there is clients there so you wouldn't necessarily start off with a, a super niche especially if you hadn't had any clients before it's it's always do, good if it, you're kind of day one of your business is to try out lots of different things um you know this is when it's not such a bad idea if you say use the marketing example again you did all sorts of different types of marketing because it might be there's a particular element in that that works for you and that you feel you give the most value and that your clients are really loving or it could be the same with clients so it might be that yeah rather than going so niche straight away you decide to work with all sorts of hairdressers all over the you know all over the country and then it might be that you can niche over time you can get more specific rather than trying to start off with something that's so specific that yeah you people don't know about you yet you there might not even be an audience but saying that you can you could have a really really niche business if the audience is there so i'm sure there's lots of businesses where you know they're focusing on a real um kind of cult industry as it were that to the general person wouldn't have heard of but in their little world there is a lot of people who are really into that thing for their product and it works really well because they know that area really really well and yeah. I think that's the, maybe something else to, to think about if, it is, if it's an area that you know well, if it's something you've come from. For instance, if you were a left-handed hairdresser and you felt that there wasn't enough support for left-handed hairdressers and you knew there was lots of other left-handed hairdressers, then that's slightly different. But if you're not knowing your customer that well straight away, it's best to be a bit more general and you can niche as you go. And you can niche as quick or a slow you know it's just getting as i say it's getting as i say it's kind of getting that um the backing of already happening yeah apologies to any left-handed hairdressers yeah. listening <laughs> so within the the sort of freelancer entrepreneur solopreneur space um i think there's a lot of scope for niching and certainly the more you niche somebody to go i want you so what sort of process do you take people through? I know you have a few different ways that people can engage with you, but I imagine you're walking them through a similar process, just with degree, different, differing degrees of intimacy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that the first thing is very much getting clear on why they're different. And people can be at 
different stages of this. Some people might just think they're not different at all. Um, some of my clients have a bit of an idea, but they're, as we were talking about earlier, maybe they're a little bit scared or they're, they're thinking, oh, I can't say I'm an expert in that because I'm not, because whatever reason they tell themselves is they're not when they are. Um, but, or yeah, it's, or it's, they're kind of forming an idea and they want a bit more clarity on that. Oh, actually what it, what it, what is it? So that's the first place we always start of actually, let's get a really good idea of your business at the moment. Kind of tell me everything that you've been doing. Um, tell me yeah, where you're thinking of going, all those kind of things. And it, and it, tends to come out quite organically because I think when people are excited about a particular area of their business or it's the bit they like the most or whatever it tends to come out quite a lot people don't talk about the bits of their business they're not they don't want to do anymore or that they want to change they talk about the bits they're looking forward to so that's kind of how it starts Um, and then from that once we've got an idea of okay what is it that in terms of your offering what makes you different we can then look at um, how their their brand is going to stand out in terms of visual identity um, or their personality or what bits they're going to amplify. And a lot of that is looking at what their maybe their clients have said about them. Um, it's thinking about what other people are doing and not, not necessarily uh, getting obsessed with what other people are doing and... Um, yeah, it's not kind of getting obsessed with your competitors. It's yeah. just thinking about what are other people doing and how can you how can you be a bit different to that in terms of standing out in colour schemes or you know things like that or how they're doing things. You can maybe tweak things ever so slightly, and it's just getting really clear on what from their point of view what makes them different. And then we look at okay, and then how are we going to communicate that? So what are the keywords that we're going to use to describe that? What are, what are the words that your client, the potential clients are using? How can we mirror those? Or how can we really, really get in their heads and really say the right things that are going to make, that are really clear, that makes it really easy and obvious what it is that you do and how you help them. And it's really getting clear on those pain points um, and then how kind of it all fits together really in, in communicating your business. I like I like the way you describe that because really what you're describing is trying to create or trying to set a tone which really has sets a harmonic resonance with your ideal customer and when you see that working and it's a very rare thing when it works but when it works it just works so well and I think it's Chris Ducker talks about marketing like a magnet in order that you attract the best and you actively repel the rest but when you're marketing in such a way that you're actively repelling a certain number of people that's quite scary <laughs> no definitely and it, and it is i mean no one wants to one not have anyone like them um or to yeah feel that they are actually you know yeah you said repelling people but i mean it doesn't have to be that strong but i think yeah you're absolutely right it needs to be that you attract the right people and that you're just not attracting the wrong people you know even if it's quite passively or they don't realize you don't want to be attracting people that you don't want to work with so at the end of the day that's that's fine i think it is very scary but it also makes complete sense you know you don't want to work with people that isn't going to work so you only want to work you only want to attract the people where it's going to be a perfect fit so you're working as a an independent 
solopreneur niche consultant, I guess would be a, a, a crude way of putting it. But how did you get there? I mean, this isn't obviously what you've always done. I've had a, a rummage through LinkedIn and have a, a vague idea of what you've done in the past. But how did you stumble, stumble, probably not the right answer, but how did you niche on niches? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I niched to become, yeah, <laughs> the expert on niching. Um, yeah, so I started off back in the day with, um, you know, the, the normal jobs in inverted commas. Um, I had marketing jobs. Um, did that for a few years. Um, well, more than a few years. Did that for a while. Um, and then decided that I wanted to do something a bit different. So actually, I started um, my first business, I think it's about seven years ago now. So I've been working for myself for, for seven years, um, which was something completely different. It was running my own business. Um, it was an online art gallery. So really quite different. Although obviously, all marketing was a very handy skill to, to know. Um, and did that and then it came through that that actually I'd get a lot of people in that world in the art world asking me to help with their marketing um, because a lot of people haven't had any experience in marketing but they were still doing their own businesses um, so I got more into that um, and that's kind of so I ended up coming back into marketing and and was really enjoying it and it kind of well, when I actually first started working, I started in the arts and got into marketing and it was kind of happening again. So I was like, okay, obviously marketing is what I should be doing and um, where, where I'm always being pulled to. So I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm going to I'm going to go all in on doing marketing. Um, and so I was working with clients and at the beginning I was doing quite general stuff. Um, yeah. So that marketing... Uh, the example earlier of someone doing all sorts of different marketing when they started out that's what I was doing I was just helping my clients with all sorts of different things whether it was to get better on LinkedIn or um, a websites and I used to do websites and all sorts of things um, but what I was finding with my clients is that it was all very well kind of going through the how-to's of how to do social media or, or whatever but it was that they weren't really clear on what their business was their identity of their business their brand of their business and that's why they were finding it difficult to know what to say on social media or in their emails or whatever or how to actually communicate their business was that was the bit that was missing rather than they weren't good at writing emails for example it was that they weren't really sure of their business so I started to focus much more on helping people um, helping my clients get clear on on their their brand identities so that was not so much the the visuals the the graphics and logos and stuff but the actual what what is it that their business is, you know what, why are they different what are their what's the mission of their business what are their values all those kind of things and um so i did that for a while and then then it just started focusing more on niching so through that um it was a word that people are using a lot. Um, I think when you say brand, I think people automatically, it, it has lots of connotations, the word brand. I think people can think of logos. Um, they just think of, you know, it could just mean a business. Um, so it was, it was that whole thing that I help people do is actually, what are people saying? How can I resonate with them more? What are the problems? How can I solve that pain point for my clients? And how can I do it in a way that they understand it even better? And that's where it where it came about. I actually then made the shift to 
saying what I do is all about niching. It's not many miles away from what I was doing when I was um, calling myself a brand strategist and focusing on helping people with their brands. It's it's very, very similar. It's that getting that base of what their business is about and how to communicate that is is fundamentally yeah what what I what I do and what I have done. So Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I there there are a few things that I, I always try and ask business owners like you. The first one is you have a skill set, a knowledge base. How what what's your own process of productization been? Because I know you don't you haven't fallen into the trap or have possibly climbed out of the trap of the done-for-you service provider. Um, what was your process and, and your sort of philosophy around that? Yeah, so I have I have had the odd done-for-you job, um, and I have helped, um, but I haven't really totally done that. I've done more consulting where I've gone into businesses and I've helped them with strategies and things like that rather than necessarily the doing totally 100% um, but I think that's maybe more of a nature of what I do um, it is more of the the, the thinking um, and then then it's someone who maybe does social media or does websites that then do the doing um, but it's yeah it's kind of getting that overarching thing or the core of their business um that i've been doing so yeah i have i have done a bit of that i say it's been more consulting going into um i have worked with bigger businesses um more corporates um as well as smaller businesses but yeah now i primarily focus on smaller business and helping them get clear on what it is they do and i think and i think i think one of the reasons why i have haven't really done it as a done for you is that it needs to it does need to I can very much help, I can pull it out, I can advise, um, but at the end of the day that it needs to come from the business owner and no one knows your business as much as the business owner. So I think, so rather than me just going, I think your niche should be this, or I think your brand identity should be this and this, and just kind of being quite draconian saying that's what I think, it needs to come from them as well. So it can, so I think that's why I've done more of a, done with you because it just lends itself a lot better to that because it is their business and they know more about it but I can just help and tease out or tweak or give them idea or confidence or whatever it is that they're they're on the right they're on the right path yeah and what are the various engagement models that you offer as as standard so to speak yeah, so I have so my main program at the moment is called dynamos and it's my monthly uh it's a monthly program so that's very much based on um as it's as bespoke it's very much based on what my client wants and what they want to achieve in their business and it's helping them yeah things i was saying earlier about getting really clear on what it is that makes them different um, and how they can communicate that and how they can start to become that expert in their field um, and as it is a monthly program we work on various things um, because it it does it does take time it doesn't uh, it's not something you can kind of it, with the implementation um, obviously you can get the idea but um, it's it's good to have that kind of implementation over time um, and and seeing how that works um, 
but also I do have a uh, more intense day um, program as well where that's where we it's a bit more of a brainstormy day that's where we kind of get really clear on on all the things like yeah what makes you different who your clients are what what your clients pain points are um, what wears easing and how you can describe how you can describe your business and do you have like a group program at all or does it tend to be you always work one-to-one-ish um, at the moment I don't um, I tend to work one-to-one with my clients so they get the full focus and the the full help on actually helping them with their with their business it's all fully fully focused on them yeah so a question that I'd like to ask everybody is work comes to us in one of many ways it comes through uh, inbound marketing content marketing that kind of thing it can come through referrals or it can come through old school traditional analog outbound marketing sales sales basically sales calls cold calls chap in on doors as they call it in scotland is there any one dominates over the others with you um i would say it was it was network it is networking and i think nowadays that's that isn't the going into kind of business breakfast meetings it's it's more online so i I would say that's where i meet the most um that's where i meet most of my clients i'm just trying to think yeah yeah so that's so i think people have always come across me somewhere first so whether it's in um various groups that i'm in um i've recently done um a master class um in the atomic group uh and that uh got me to a lot of people and that kind of uh yeah that that was somewhere where um a lot of people came to me through from um, but yeah, I think it's just people knowing me on online, um, social media as well. Although I think it's it's all about the relationship building. So I think it's um, that's where people have come from. Yeah, ma- mainly I'd say networking, but all sorts of different kind of networking and referrals and and things like that. I think a lot of people immediately assume when they hear the word networking, especially if they're of an age. Um, that it is the old school breakfast meetings and golf courses and things like that. I think networking these days, you're right, it's a much broader uh, mix of opportunity. I think people buy from people, and I think it was Gavin Bell said things like video marketing, they really are relationship building at scale. Um, And what they're doing is often influencing the referral journey. Somebody like me is very likely to say, you need to go and speak to Amy because I've built... A relationship that's much bigger than my encounters with you through your content so it's very easy to underestimate the impact of content marketing on networking um, and you've kind of highlighted that with your seminar workshop in the atomic group which is it's a very large it's not a, it's not a huge facebook group of three four hundred people but it is very very focused mm. so it's very niche so yeah i totally get that yeah, absolutely. I think it is. It's just it's just meeting people. Yeah, I think. I mean, the word networking is. I think. It, I mean, if someone said to me, "Do I like networking?" I would probably say no. But that's because as soon as someone says that word, you <laughs> you do think of those really kind of awkward meetings where you've got to talk to people you don't know and um, and yeah, people are sometimes out just to sell their products and 
services and it just isn't the most fun of of events but I think just meeting people online getting to know people just how you would you know there's no agenda it's it's just meeting people and, and getting to know people that's I think that is what's what is you know is a major bonus of online really that you can meet all these people that you would never ever get to meet if it was just down to who you met in who live near you or whatever it is amazing the amount of people that you can meet and I think it's it is a really great opportunity for businesses because yeah let's say you could just meet so many different people and it's just thinking about how you can build those relationships whether that's through kind of more one-on-one actual talking to people or whether it is through content and a lot of the time you know people who are looking at your content it ends up you getting to know them and you have conversations with them as well so it it is great it kind of feels more like that community thing building I guess rather than the kind of yeah stereotypical networking type vision that you have in your head so uh, something i would like to ask you is obviously you are where you are now with your business nobody's ever standing still um where do you want to take things next um i think i think probably more of a long-term plan um is to go into that um kind of one-to-many model um, but I think it would just be seeing how that goes and how kind of get there because I think the thing I do like at the moment is that I am working one-on-one p- with people and I am helping them and I can see how that how much of a difference it is making to their business um, and it is amazing some of the things that they've um, my clients have been achieving and it's so great to see that um, so whether that would start to kind of um, dilute a bit or whether actually working with a lot of people I could that could happen to more people so I think that's kind of something that I'm thinking of but it's that's not necessarily something I'm thinking of for this year or um, but yeah that kind of membership membership model I think is something that I'm, I'm thinking about and I, I think you're absolutely right to take your time with that because it um, it needs an audience to really be worth doing. I think a lot of people rush into membership sites and big fancy products before they really have an audience that's ready for them. And then they fall into the trap of constantly spending money on Facebook ads just to keep a machine fed. Um, yeah. But I know that's not your plan. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think people think membership are an easier option because it's a smaller price point but actually it's the it's yeah it is it is much harder um and yeah the but yeah it is something i'm, I'm slowly thinking about rather than it's uh <laughs> my as i say my goal for this year so something i always like to try and rummage around a bit is especially when people are in the marketing space which to be honest most of my guests are um what does your own marketing look like i know you've you've sort of started things with YouTube a little bit and you have some other plans but do you want to maybe share a little bit about what that is? Yeah so I've actually um, been focusing on a lot more things for 2020 so I've got a brand new podcast that has just started so um, that's all very exciting um, uh, and that actually comes from I do a weekly Facebook live so I create the podcast out of my Facebook live so I've been doing that 
Um, been doing that in a while now, and now been converting that into a podcast. Um, all those videos go on YouTube as well. So I am on YouTube, but very much that's not my focus. I've just put the videos on there that are available, but um, the focus is on the podcast um, and and Instagram as well. I am on social media, Instagram in particular, as that seems to be where I have a lot more of conversations with people. Um, so that's that's my focus at the moment if anybody wants a masterclass in instagram stories yours are so vibrant oh, thank you. and <laughs> there's so much energy in them i, I couldn't do that oh thank you <laughs> i like instagram stories and I, I try and keep up uh with dropping stuff in there on a fairly regular basis but yeah yours are just so i, I can't quite think of the word sparkly is the only oh, word i can think of um, I hope I'm. I hope I'm not embarrassing you. No, no, not at all. So I wouldn't have thought. Um, spark like, I don't actually have any sparkles. It's not all like unicorny and sparkly sparkles, for those who are listening. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's very on brand. Yeah, would be the best best way to describe it because it, certainly what you see on Instagram stories is the same as you see on the website, and yeah, sort of very energetic, vibrant. Yeah, I like the bright colours. I'm a I'm a I'm a bright colour, bold person rather than a pale pink blush gold girl which yeah you kind of either or but um but yeah I, I, on instagram i do really like stories i think that's why i've kind of gone down that route as well with with instagram stories i think it's 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 just a bit more you don't have to think about it quite so much it's um it allows you to do other things that other social media platforms don't let you to do don't let you yeah. do so which is like. and you're not scared of the camera no, no. <laughs> well I'm terrified. it seems that way like I, ha I have the same nerves as uh, everyone else i just make myself do it so <laughs> well well done so amy if people want to find out more about you how can they do that yeah so you can uh, follow me on instagram um as we've just mentioned uh, my handle is amy cager biz um but probably the best way uh to keep in touch with me is via email um and i have um uh, a, a glorified kind of um, snazzy sounding mailing list called The Bolt um, and you can join that um, on my website which is amycager.com slash the hyphen bolt um, and that's the best way so that's where I can tell you about my podcast about other little tips and hints um, and all sorts of things um, so that's where I kind of put all, all, all my information so that's uh, the best the best way um yeah. And you mentioned that you'll be launching a free masterclass quite soon, so it's probably worth getting on Amy's list. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it will be there on my website, so you'll be able to download that, and that's all about how you can confidently niche um, and whether it you should, so whether that's the right time for you to niche or not. So that will give you lots of help if you are struggling with thinking about, mm, should I niche? how should I niche, what aspects should I should I be thinking about in doing that? So I, I give some good pointers in that. So yeah, that is something that, that is on my website and that will be amycager.com slash masterclass. Amy Cager, you have been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for your time. I've learned a lot. Thank you, um, I had a great time. I'll be downloading a masterclass and I'm sure everybody else will as well. So yeah, thank you and I look forward to meeting you soon in person. Oh, brilliant, thanks Bob.
I know from experience how painful the process of niching can be. By saying a big yes to one thing, we feel like we're saying a big, public no to opportunities we possibly still need. Amy pointed out that niching isn't a zero-sum game. It's not all or nothing. It's a journey, not an event, but a journey needs to start. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe, and if you haven't already, to join our Facebook group. It's at amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. If you're a listener, then I would love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere you'll find me at Bob Gentle. And if you do follow me or connect with me, send me a message and let me know so I can follow you back. If you've enjoyed the show, then I would love for you to review on iTunes. It means a lot to me and it's the best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Amy for giving us her time this week and to you for listening. And see you next week. Bye.